we open as the journalism hologram, Shella Edis, has arranged to um, meet with the captain first thing over coffee. My poor morning routine. But I think uh, we'll be in the not the captain's ready room, but the ready room. So the crew lounge, a.k.a. the ready room, is uh, relatively quiet early in the morning. By the time the captain arrives, the hologram is already seated at a table. He's got a tall mug of something sitting in front of him, steam rising from it pleasantly. Pharrell will go to one of the replicators embedded in, in the ready room wall and uh, she'll order her customary drink, um, iced tea, peach, and the glass, very like frosty cold, you know, will materialize. She'll pick it up and the little ice cubes jingle together as she goes over to sit across from the hologram. Good morning, Captain. I'm so glad you were able to join me. Yesterday was uh, a lot of fun getting the tour, getting locked in the brig. It's an experience you'll be able to uh, share when you get back. So, Captain, this is my first real interview with anybody aboard. I've, you know, met various crew members, shaken hands, but this, this is the real beginning of our investigation into life on Endeavor. Captain, there's so many things I could ask, really, but I guess the first is... You don't have a lengthy history of Starship Command prior to Endeavor. Is it something you've engaged wholeheartedly? Is it something that you find you, you need to aspire to? Endeavor is my second command. The first was relatively short-lived, but I had been on that ship for the majority of my career. This is a newer ship to me, but it is starting to feel comfortable. Comfortable enough to spend months, if not years, in deep space? I'll be out here for as long as I need to be. Much of your previous assignment was under the late Captain Kowalski, correct? That's correct. I'm sure you've heard that Starfleet is about to officially award the late Captain Kowalski with the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Could you give us some impression of what it was like to serve under the captain, especially considering you were part of the crew at the time of his uh, sacrifice? Raymond Kowalski was a very gentle man. He excelled in a lot of aspects of leadership, particularly empathy and civil service. I did learn a lot from him. Good lessons? important lessons. Some say Kowalski was a captain from a different time, and that Endeavor is one of those missions that is taking Starfleet into a brighter future. How do you feel about that? Is this ship the vanguard of a new age of discovery? I think like all officers in Starfleet, we hold a dream of what the future looks like, and we all like to think we're making progress towards something similar. Fair enough, Captain. Oh, I apologize, Captain. I think I have to cut this short. I need to see to a different matter. My holographic matrix seems to be uh, having a little bit of trouble. Anything we can diagnose for you? I spoke to engineering yesterday about some of the uh, glitches I'd already experienced. I was hoping I'd be able to talk to both you and Commander Mozafar together. Is that agreeable? If Mozafar has put it in my schedule, I will certainly be there. In that case, have a good morning, Captain. Go boldly and all that. And uh, Edis disappears along with the steaming mug that had been sitting in front of him. The ship trembles slightly again, as it has been doing throughout the night, likely, as the ship navigates some uh, subspace turbulence. We'll close out that scene and pop in on the bridge a short time later. For sake of ease, let's assume all the player characters are on the bridge at the moment. Seems like a good time for them to be on duty. Why was it banished to break duty again? Well, well you know, Tarek needs to sleep at some point. He doesn't live on the bridge. 
he's he's got a he's got a cot under the tactical console. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's just curled up under there right now. Have you been sleeping in the conference room again, <laughs> Commander Torik? At helm, instantly is he looks a little haggard. You gather he's had a late night. Captain, something's in our way, in our path. Could you be more specifically? I'm just gonna try and put it on screen. I, I can handle that for you, Kai says back from the science station. We'll turn the screen on. Uh, on the view screen, you see in the distance, now within visual range, the massive ring that Kai detected. But in the foreground, what Lee's navigational sensors had alerted him to, there is a planet. I want to do my scanning thing. Is it an inhabited planet? Is it an M-class planet? It's a class K, which is like Mars and stuff. Cold, thin atmosphere, which does not traditionally support life or anything like that. You can't you can't go beam down without a a suit. Where where is it in relation to the ring? Um, it's kind of just out in space, relatively near it. Like in the middle of it, like in front of, in front of it. It's it's beyond its limit. Ah, okay. A class K planetoid. There's no signs of life or anything like that. Can't you go around it, Ensign? I, I mean, I can, but uh, Lieutenant, maybe maybe uh, our navigational sensors haven't picked up a star anywhere near here. Rogue planets are a thing, Ensign. Yeah, but they don't just like grow on trees. That's a terrible metaphor for the situation. Is it, though? Can we determine if it is in orbit of anything, or if it is just unattached? Just a loose, rogue planetoid. It's going to take it forever to get anywhere. Make some additional scans of the planetoid, log it into our star charts, and if it doesn't appear to have any other anomalous features... I think we're still moving forward towards the ring. Aye, aye, Captain. Uh, a moment later. Fizz. Edis is standing near the uh, turbolift. I really didn't have too much expectation that there would be a real mystery going on while I was here, but this is a great little encapsulation of just how exciting this mission is. I think, like, the faces of Kai... Varel, Lee, like we're all like not super excited face. Have to look at him for a moment. A rogue planet. What are the odds? Not to mention whatever that is. Mr. Edis, is there something you need? Oh, I'm just just observing. He's getting B-roll. Do you think we might be heading into a first contact? Endeavor's already made several first contacts. I would I would love to see another. You never know when the first contact will happen. I don't think we need to encourage their imagination, Commander. Uh, Lieutenant Kai, if I'm not much mistaken, correct? Foremost expert on the very device that's gotten us here. Uh, Kai winces for a moment. How does it feel to be the visionary who cracked Transwarp? I don't know if um if that's a fair assessment of my contributions. I um was a, a team effort. There are several other notable scientists who who had a hand in crafting this technology. Um, Ichaya Dalin, for example. I'm going to call me the missionary. Actually, let's better represent your talents by putting them to use, Kai. Do you want to test out our high-resolution scanners on this planetoid? Sure. Nothing like a demonstration. We see you're starting to... Uh, her fingerless hands sort of typing away on the console and she's going to go ahead and actually just bring up on the main view screen for the moment since this is the demonstration the detailed scan and information uh, that Endeavor sensors are picking up go ahead and give me just a reason science and somebody can roll sensor science with the ship I'm going to go ahead and give you a threat Brandon like I do uh, what's the difficulty on those? Two. I'm going to make use of that reroll to reroll that 19. 
Um, so the reroll 19 still ended up a 17, which is no good for me, because uh, Kai's target number is a 16. Uh, however, I did roll a 4 and a 5, which um, I don't have a focus, unfortunately, that applies, so I've got two successes. Ship's target was 13, and we matched, so that's one more success for you. Hooray! So that'll be three successes, and... Uh, I also have a bonus momentum because I'm the science officer, which can be used on the obtain information momentum spent. You get a lot of uh, data about the planet. And at first, a lot of it seems pretty standard. You know, class K world. It's cold. It's barren. There's a thin atmosphere of something you can't breathe. And then you detect some alloys that to the best of Starfleet's knowledge, don't occur naturally. Uh, got any names for them, or...? Um, sure, probably. Uh, like... Samsonite. I was looking at a suitcase. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Captain, I might have spoken too soon about um, lack of inhabitants. Uh, I'm detecting a large formation of Samsonite and what might be a structure. However, I'm not detecting any life as we know it inside of the structure. That's still worth checking out, so we can send down an away team. Would I be correct in assuming that means there could be life not as we know it? Yes? Yes? We There's always that like possibility. Razum smirks a little Everly's bit. Everly's in the back doing a thumbs down sign. What are your orders, Captain? Everly, how would you like to command an away team? Is that an order, sir? It always is, Everly. Then ab- I would then, um, you- yes, absolutely. I was about to sign Lee to join them. <laughs> give me Lee. Give me Lee. I'll play with Lee. <laughs> I don't know why- I don't- I don't know why you would send him, but give me him. <laughs> That, that would be that would be like the the biggest jerk move ever. The the man has just been flying us throughout the entire <laughs> night through these subspace eddies and everything, and finally we're at a point where you can be like, oh cool, I, we're parked, I can chill for a minute, and you're like, you're on the yeah, alien. you know, what? you know, it's like, you know, Lee, you did show a particular interest in this planet. How about you join Everly? Captain, permission to replicate like an energy shot or something first. Permission granted. <laughs> okay, he uh. He stands up and, like, adjusts his uniform and plods to the turbo lift. Uh, so who else are you sending on the away team? That's going to be Everly's choice. How many folks should I take on a... The three to five is usually pretty pretty standard. You probably want to bring along either a science or an engineering person. Oh, uh, hmm. With permission, I'll take another security officer. Maybe Allison? And, um looks at Kai and asks Lieutenant, did you want to be part of this? It's your pick, Ensign. You were in charge of the away mission. If you... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Lieutenant Kai, if you could come with me and suggest another person, please. Samsonite's a relatively uh, it's rare manufactured alloy. Lieutenant Kadar might be Perfect. well suited. Uh, yes. Lieutenant Kadar. Yes. The... the... One, two, three, four, five. Five, five, the five of us. Yes, sir, we will go. Kai is going to go ahead and stand up from her station and uh, fall in behind Everly. As uh, as Everly and Kai enter the turbo lift and the doors are about to shut, Lee looks over at Everly, kind of furrows his brow and is like, did you do something to your hair?
Welcome to Endeavor Through the Maelstrom. We are a Star Trek Adventures actual play following the deep space mission of the USS Endeavor as it charts a new region of space several decades after the events of Star Trek Picard. I'm Brandon, your GM for this mission. This is Nicole, and I'll be playing Captain Varel. I'm Brad, and I play Commander Razum Mozafar. Hi everybody, I'm Christine, and I will be playing Lieutenant Kai. My name's Leah, and I'm playing Ensign Katarina Everly. Slice of Life, Part 2. Would that I could beam down on a away mission. Well, Captain, Commander, maybe now would be a good time to talk about the man who put the two of you on the course to where you are today. Is that agreeable to you? We might as well get this over with. If the captain's agreeable, then I'm ready to go. Maybe the conference room would be a good venue. Very well. It's uh, just off the bridge here. I do have the deck plan in my matrix. He's giving her very much the Lee vibes. I have two or three personalities I can do. Just have to kind of like turn them up and down a little bit. The three of you go into the conference room. Edis sits down on one side. Pharrell will take the chair at the end of the table. And I will take one in the middle. Probably the right-hand side. Captain Commander, as always, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Something that I want to do in terms of telling the story of Endeavor and her crew, along with the late Captain Kowalski's upcoming commendation, I think it's important to reflect on how, coincidentally or not, the two of you were very much put on this course by the same Starfleet captain. Is there some secret? Was this planned? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Captain Kowalski was a great man, a role model for so many people, a mentor, a father figure. Glowing words, Commander. He was... He is the reason why I'm here. Yes. As I recall, Captain Kowalski sponsored your admittance into Starfleet Academy. Clearly, he had a good eye for up-and-coming young officers. Absolutely, he did. I mean, you look at Captain Varel here, but, uh, I mean, he picked me out of a room full of minor-level diplomats and saw something special in me, convinced me that... My true destiny was Starfleet, so I left everything behind, left my clan, left my home behind, and hopped on board. That must have been quite the significant decision. What drove you to uh, follow this path? Back on Ectair, I was a minor level bureaucrat, diplomat for the family. Didn't have really any possibility of moving up. And when the USS de Havilland stopped there and we had some diplomatic exchanges you know i was assigned to as one of the diplomats for ray i mean captain excuse me captain kowalski was really the closest of friends anyone could ever have had he solved the talent that i had and spun the story of starfleet to me that i couldn't resist it was the opportunity to go out and explore all these worlds and to advance. Whereas I was going nowhere off Ectar at home. So through the sponsorship, through the academy, through cultural adjustments to Starfleet and Earth, I'd, never, I'd seen pictures of Earth and heard about it, but that was quite the experience. I ran into a little bit of trouble, but with Kowalski's help, I got through that and he even recommended me for my first posting on the USS Bonadus. And now you have multiple first contacts under your belt. I think it's particularly admirable that after what some might call a disastrous first contact with the species that occupy what is called the swarm, that your other first contacts have gone relatively well. Some Starfleet crews might be discouraged, but I think it's testament to the command team aboard Endeavor that this crew has, by all appearances, become better. Captain, you've been rather quiet. I prefer to let Commander Mozafar have his say. He is far more eloquent than I. Do you disagree with the commander? As a habit? Occasionally. 
Is there a specific instance that you're referring to? Speaking with you this morning, I got the impression that you were being very careful about discussing Captain Kowalski. And given your silence now, I do have to wonder if there's a reason for that. Kowalski was a very distinguished officer, and he certainly had his favorites. Ever careful with your words, Captain. Perhaps we can leave that for now. I have a tour of engineering arranged as it is. Perhaps I'll just see to that. Maybe when the away team comes back, I can sit in on the briefing. There's going to be a briefing, right? Surely there's a briefing. Or a, what do you call it when you're all in this room and around the table and the captain asks for recommendations? Until then, a good day to both of you. And he disappears. I don't know how much more of this I can handle. Never really been real great at the diplomat thing, have you? That wasn't the um, kind of lesson that Kowalski taught me as much as he did teach you. Captain, what do you mean? You do realize he got himself killed, don't you, Razum? This is a dangerous job. It is. Out there, you are always at risk. He sacrificed himself for the crew. I mean, that's a noble thing. No, he made a bad call. I was there. So he sacrificed himself for nothing. If you want to tell yourself he sacrificed himself for Starfleet, you go ahead and do that. So, Captain Verity, or at the time, Commander Verity, saves the day. Moves on and discounts the past and the sacrifice of the captain that nurtured her and taught her all those years? Are you sure that's what you mean? I'm not saying I didn't like him. He was... He was a good guy, but he had his own flaws, and I don't know if you ever saw those. I thought when the de Havilland was destroyed, that was the last of Kowalski's legacy that I would have to carry, and then you showed up. I see. You do know I didn't request this position. I know. I protested it. I was overridden. That's okay. It's a captain's prerogative. Now, I can understand a few of the things that have happened. Do you still desire me to be your executive officer? Look, right now, that's not a question I'm prepared to answer. And I think we have other things to take care of. Well, keep this in mind. I do have an offer. Oh? Yes. My letter from home. The esteemed house of Mozafar of Ecter offers me a captainship. Was it the captain's seat that you wanted this whole time, Mozafar? Seeing an opportunity to advance at home became a little bit more tempting. Did either of you want to challenge a value based on that scene? Yeah. So the, the value that I am challenging is history's enemies can be today's friends. Okay. In what way is Verity rethinking that? Uh, she is reconsidering the purpose in in trying to befriend or work with Mozafar, mm -hmm. they have kind of a complicated history. They weren't always on the same sides of every issue in the past. And typically, Varel's value is to try to overcome a contentious history. Uh, but at this point, she is reconsidering that. All right. Cross out that value, you can't use it for the rest of the mission, and take an extra point of determination. Anything for Mozafar? Yeah, I was looking at the loyalty one. Loyalty is more valuable than Latinum. If I go back home, I'll make a lot of money. Yeah. There's also, um, I think, an argument could be made for the the other one you had uh, highlighted, the, the ship strength license, captain, captain's ability to inspire the crew. Because it's both dealing with your potential captaincy and the fact your captain is uh, challenged you in a variety of ways here. And the idea of your former captain inspiring loyalty versus what happened here. Yeah, I could see that being the challenge there, especially with that. Because what he's feeling right now is that he feels that his service not being desired. I mean, he's just not desired at this point. Maybe a ship's strength isn't necessarily in its captain to inspire that sounds like a challenge maybe it's to me. Yeah. Maybe something else 
The ship strength is in something else. That's right. You don't gotta you don't gotta rewrite it now. You just have to uh, just issue the challenge. And then at the end, you'll get to decide whether you are rewriting it or not. Yeah. Okay. On the planet below, we see five individuals materialize in uh, environmental suits because no, no atmosphere, no breathable atmosphere. Um, also, probably extremely cold. You know, I'm impressed by our budget that we were able to afford five of these. We, we've been watching Voyager and that comes up all the time. It's like they only had two of these, didn't they? <laughs> now, one of you is in the back. So you only have the helmet. Well, we get the distance shot and it's CG, and then we up close get a kit. Yeah, kit. yeah. Just we, we just never happen to see two of you side by side in the same <laughs> shot. Well, and then one of the environmental suits also had to have that additional piece of the tail because you're with the Cation. That was just CG. Oh, There's yeah, no way. Yeah. Bright side, these spacesuits I think are at least color coded by division. 25th century spacesuits are very colorful. Uh, once, Kai, once Kai appears, she's going to uh, pull the tricorder from her belt and open it up and start just scanning the general area, looking for, since I know from orbit there are, isn't necessarily signs of life, maybe signs of power or technology. Room you find yourself in, uh, clearly like the interior of a building, albeit one that is very, very, very dusty and largely open plan, it seems. As Kai whips out her tricorder uh, and begins to scan, the tricorder pings a couple power sources? Uh, not active. Uh, can I tell what they uh, they might have once upon a time run on? Any technology we're familiar with? Give me a reason sign. Hey, I'm good at that. It would normally be a three-year tricorder, but up to a two. Oh, Kadar, can you help her scan? Very well, Ensign. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, I did not anticipate that. <laughs> Give us uh, an introduction to uh, Lieutenant Kadar. Lieutenant Kadar is a friendly-looking Cation with sort of sooty gray fur uh, and black tiger stripes when you can actually see her out of the environmental suit. Her suit has a tail and tiger stripes, I'm sure. As of right now, you are only seeing the lights that are attached to the helmet highlight her bright, large, feline, green-yellow eyes. Uh, her science is a 4 and her reason is a 10, so she's going to be hoping for a 14 or lower. Kai is hoping for a 16 or lower, and I'm going to give you a threat as well, Brandon, for another die. Lieutenant Kadar is not very experienced in away missions and rolled a complication. No! Oh, no. Oh, dang it. Oh, I got so close there. So um, I had rolled, thanks to my tricorder focus, a, a crit on a 2, a 10, which is a success. And I had a teen success and I risked rolling it, trying to maybe get another crit and just end up with another success. So I have four total. The short answer is your tricorder shows you readings that you recognize fairly readily. Though they're not identical, the power systems in this structure appear to be consistent with the power systems that you encountered on the swarm platform where the drones and stuff were. That's what I thought. No, no shock here. No, nobody's surprised at this. <gasps> hold on, hold on, hold on. <gasps> what? Uh, I'm going to go in and burn the bonus momentum generated by being the science officer as I continue to remember that thing. And um, I'm going to ask... How long has it been since these systems were last active? At least a few decades. Likely less than a century, but maybe not a lot less. Ensign, I don't think anybody's been here in a long, long time. Unfortunately, the captain and my suspicions are confirmed. These power systems look an awfully lot like what the uh, swarm had. No, I mean... 
Allison, keep an eye on our six just in case drones show up. Yes, definitely. And then Everly looks at Lee and goes, I think you're here because you're being hazed. Locke, Locke told me about this trip. To, yeah, I don't want to get stunned. I don't want to get droned. <laughs> I didn't even bring a phaser. <laughs> well, luckily there are two security officers here. Uh, uh, Lieutenant, do you think there's anything else we should confirm? Is there anything else you would like to confirm? You also have two momentum on this roll still. What do I think the purpose of this building was? Between scans and observation? The power systems seem to be less heavy duty than the ones you saw in the swarm. You think, based upon how they're hooked to other machinery, this is some kind of observatory. Or at least observation post is probably a better word for it. I think I'll bank the last one. And Kai is going to say to Everly, um, I want to take a closer look around. I'm hoping they might have some computer systems here. It looks like this was an observatory of some kind. Maybe we can get some valuable data out of, out of this after all. So Kadar generated a complication. So I'm going to say that Kadar helping Kai to scan, you know, took a few steps off in a different direction and... Some of the ground kind of gave way beneath her. I land on my feet. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Basically, like Kadar's like left boot goes through the, the ground and their boot is jammed in there. So boot is jammed. Ensign, perhaps I need some help. She's not, I'm not laughing. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Sorry, Kadar. Okay. Wait a minute. This is like a complication. Like, so we just can't like pick her up out of this hole. Can we? We can do a check to try to remove it. Because it feels silly to just leave her with her foot stuck and not try to help her pull it out. Well, we can probably just unstick it. Just give it a good tug. Ellison will come to the rescue. Ensign Ellison comes to the rescue. Oh, see... Let's see if we can get you out of here. Give me a fitness plus, probably security if you're just trying to like. Um, I am going to spend two of my threat to extend the complication range on this by two. So complication range hasn't technically come up. You normally get a complication when you roll a natural 20. But for tests that have a higher probability of creating a complication, I can increase the complication range. Uh, so increasing it by two means an 18, 19, or 20 will be a complication. So this is a fitness plus security. Mm -hmm. Kadar is welcome to assist. I was debating on that because I'm not sure. I kind of want to see it get worse, but... I think at the moment this is going to be a two difficulty. So you need two on a fitness plus security. If you roll an 18, 19, or 20... That creates complication. Oh, God, Zoe Mission is cursed. <laughs> and since Ellison is new, he has the base stats and that's it, right? Ellison does get, I think, three focuses, I think is the other thing you get at start, which you're welcome to fill in as we go. So if you want to be like, Ellison is specially trained for... Pulling boots. I was going to say like <laughs> extravehicular operations boots. or something, or zero gravity training, maybe. Low gravity training, I guess, because it's not technically zero gravity. Lifting stuff. Um, so you're welcome to kind of like add those focuses as they become useful because you can't change them easily once you've done them um, without spending milestones. So I don't care if you kind of front load them into what we need him to be good at right now. All right. So, yeah, we'll go with low gravity training. Or, or previous fireman's experience for rescuing certain particular felines. Well... Technically, you're not up a tree. You're stuck in a hole. I'll go ahead and use a minimum at one, and then I'm going to give you two threat and roll a lot of dice. I like rolling this many dice. It's been a while. Good news is there's no complications. So trying to get a 14 or lower, they're all lower than four, or all 14 or lower. With the focus and low gravity training here, two of them are fours. So that's what his security is. So that's two, four, five, six, seven success. That's silly. <laughs> I guess he's really good at it. <laughs> you 
You beat this by five? Ellison's the beefcake, apparently, on the security team. Just beefy boy. Does all the lifting. You, like, pick her up one-handed, move her, put her down. I say, no, 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 Lassie, don't pull. I think what happens is uh, she's she's getting more and more worked up about this uh, and, and trying to yank her boot out. And probably, like, her toe claws start to extend uh, into the suit. And then it's, uh, you know... And then, yeah, and then as as Ellison sort of like grabs her her boot, and you know he's very calm and assured, and and the beefcake of security as it is, so she she calms down. There you go. Now, see, that wasn't so bad, was it? Yeah, let's bank that. So we have lots of momentum we can use here. Uh, Everly looks at the both of them and goes, "Everybody good? Perfect, Ensign. Okay, let's keep looking." Okay. Just um everybody watch your step. You make your way to what look like pretty old computers covered in just layers of dust. Can I identify what's like the hard drive equivalents for things like that? You didn't get a great look at the ones on the swarm. Uh give me a insight or reason engineering. Uh, three. So here's an interesting question. So part of a uh, cultural flexibility as a talent is it is minus one difficulty for tasks to learn about an unfamiliar culture. Take it. This isn't this isn't learning in this case, or I think it might be stretching the definition of culture as that pertain. Like because this is technology, it's not, not. Yeah. Okay. It wouldn't make you better interacting with the people who made this computer, right? Can Everly assist on this role because she was the other one who actually did minor interaction with the computers past absolutely uh we have how much momentum five uh i'm gonna go ahead and spend two of them to use my walking encyclopedia talent to gain a computer's focus for the remainder of the episode i'm gonna spend a third momentum to get a third die yep momentum not threat that that is weird (laughs) you got my assist die oh i got a 11 13 and a four because of my walking encyclopedia focus that will net me four successes on my end, so five with yours. You pop open the computer and uh, poke about in it, and after a little bit of time, Kai is pretty certain that this system uses some kind of crystalline memory. Some of them look like they're kind of broken, but a few are sort of intact. I want to see if uh, about recovering the, the more intact ones. Um, I'll probably grab some of the broken ones just for further study, even though I don't expect to get any data off of them. Signal to Kadar, like we'll get like one of those fancy like plastic boxes that Starfleet has sometimes for getting samples uh, that just materializes. You know, actually, it actually does comes out of a transporter box. Yeah, yeah, you've got your little making use of it. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and uh, and load it up with uh, with the crystals. I think this is enough for me to to study for the moment, Ensign. Uh, I think I'm ready to return to the ship if you are. Yes. No. Yes. If you have the information you think would be handy, then I think we should get back. Everly just has a bad feeling. <laughs> Something on the ship has <laughs> gone, gone wrong. wrong. Also, there might be drones down here. I'm not, I don't feel like dealing with that all the <laughs> again. She, she actually takes one extra look at Lee and goes, you lucked out. Yay. Can I take a nap when we get back? You can ask the captain. A few minutes later, the OA team materializes in transporter room one. Almost immediately, Edis materializes there as well. Fizz. Um, <laughs> ah, just back from an actual away mission. Instant. Uh, as the commander of the OA team, uh, have you found new life, new civilizations, that sort of thing? As the commander of the OA team, I'm going to let the rest of the OA team get back to where they need to be, and I'm going to go report to the captain. Oh, could we talk later? A full profile of the OA team in action. There's no smile on her face, and as she says, Absolutely. I'm going to go get started on my work, Ensign. Thank you, Lieutenant. I appreciate that. 
She'll step around Edith and uh, head for the door. And I think Everly's also like with her hands making like small shoe gestures at the others to be like, just walk away from it. As the away team files out, uh, Edith kind of like leans on the transporter console and looks at the nameless transporter chief and says, you know, don't think these people want to talk to me very much. Everly was going to go um, talk to the captain, right? Everly will head to the captain's ready room, the bridge, the... The hollow deck. Hollow deck. Yes. Everly will head towards the hollow deck. Uh, I think now is a great time to reintroduce velocity into our hollow deck programming. <laughs> That's the uh, phaser firing at, at discs. We see the captain shooting a phaser at some of these flying discs. I think there are probably at least three of them spinning around. Is the captain doing well? I would like to roll for that, because in general, probably, but she's got a lot on her mind, so... Yeah, it's it's um, control plus security. I'm going to say this one's going to be a three difficulty. The, the, the holodeck is, is able to zip things around fast enough to sort of uh, increase the difficulty. And I assume the captain's not running on, like, super easy. We have two momentum in the pool. All right, I'm going to use one. Why not? I'm going to give you two threat as well. All right. Twelve threat. Edith is going to come out with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I use twelve threat. I turned off the safety <laughs> setting. He just takes over the ship, decides he wants to be the explorer. Fifteen, eight, four, and fourteen for success. Yeah, the captain is is keeping pace pretty well with even a relatively challenging difficulty level here. You know, zapping each disc soon after they spawn, missing very few shots. And when she does, it's followed very closely with a an on-target shot. The holodeck doors appear and open. Yeah, just a timid sort of Oh gosh. Uh oh, velocity. Uh cap captain? There's a, a a final shot as as Vrel sends one of the discs spinning into the other and kind of like like that sort of like pool style knocks everything into the wall and it just calls the the end of that round. She is breathing pretty heavily. Like she's been at this intensely for a while in what they equate to gym clothes so a sleeveless wrap hoodie and casual pants she turns and looks at Everly back already what time is it oh uh 1630 uh sir yeah yeah uh yes Lieutenant Kai had what she needed and figured there was no point in dallying I just wanted to follow up with um and just quickly, Nicole, is your primary, is it like frustration? Is it anger? Is it just like, because that will change the next words out of my mouth. I think frustration's good. Captain, did I interrupt you? Only a game. What were the findings? The power, the power signal, uh, the, um, the, the computers. Sorry, Captain. She, like, water in her ears a little bit, shaking it out. Uh, Lieutenant Kai is looking at the the readouts from the computers we found. They were very similar to, to that which we found on the underwater platform from the swarm. Uh, ca- if I didn't... Captain, are you okay? I can see I seem to be reacting strongly. Um, I apologize, Everly. Oh, no, 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 no. It's fine. I'm just... <laughs> I'm not... You're usually so, you know... Varel will walk to one wall of the the holodeck grid and she will slump down with her her back against the the wall and sort of bring her knees up and wrap her arms around them she doesn't look upset too much i mean she's not emotionless she doesn't have that vulcan thing she looks more pensive i've never believed that a captain has to remain stoic all the time Certainly there are benefits to that perfection, but 
when you have a smart crew or a intuitive one, they're going to see through the cracks. But that being said, it's nothing I can't handle. Oh, no, of course not, sir. Sorry. Everly just sort of shakes it off. Come, come here. I can write down my report. This is so silly. I should have just written it down. Ensign, come here. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. And just kind of approaches slowly. Sit down. Sits down. Why are you uncomfortable with this? Oh, no, it's not uncomfortable. I'm usually pretty good about separating emotions from myself. And I know when I need to bring up the separation and when I need to put it back down. I am not used to having to try so hard around you, Captain. Your feelings, your emotions, your frustration took me by surprise, and therefore I got a little frustrated. I apologize. There's nothing wrong with emotions. That's not, you know. You're good at handling yourself. I have confidence in you. Even after I cut my bangs? As I've been so recently been reminded, we all have some errors in our judgments. I was able to get this to replicate one of the mushrooms almost exactly. Well, there's no such thing as almost exactly with a replicator, Commander. We see Kai is... Since she's off duty right now, is once again wearing that like yellow dress she had on in the last scene with Verity. She's brought with her like she has like, an actual like like shoulder bag with her, and she's like set up like near the replicator and is digging around some. We see that from a shot, there's some tools and some various like spices and jars and things like that in there. Well, what do you think we give this a whirl and see if we can recreate fire grilled mushrooms we had? I don't think that'll be too big of a problem, Commander. What I find often with cooking with a replicator is the best things to do is to start and build your ingredients using it, but then create from there. So if you have just the machine do it, it lacks that um that uh, that that flair, you know, the the artist's interpretation. I know what you mean. Where did you pick up all this? cooking talent from anyways my father's actually a fairly decent cook and i took a more of an interest in it um it was a way for me to express myself pretty pretty early on so it's been something i've been doing since i was very very young and you grew up with the captain right yes we've been friends even before that well let's get the stuff here and i'll help fix us up but, um, mind if I ask you something about the captain as her friend? By all means. I may have said some things earlier. That she didn't want to hear? Exactly. And do you want to talk about it? Do you want to know how she normally reacts in those situations? How can I help, Commander? Well, you know that we haven't necessarily seen eye to eye on a lot of things in the past. But, you know, I never realized how angry she was at Ray. I mean, well, Captain Kowalski. That's news to me that she's angry with Captain Kowalski, but at the same time, Captain can be angry at a great number of people, especially, um, I'm so, can be so bold as to say, uh, authority figures. Well, has she ever brought up the fact that she thinks he wasted his life? Not in so many words. I know she's questioned the the role of a good captain, and I always thought that meant more how she sees herself, but it makes sense. It applies to others. Now, you were also close with Captain Kowalski. He was my mentor, my sponsor, my advocate, best friend. Yeah, I think uh, most other people would call it a father figure. That's what he was to me. So yeah, when we butt heads on that, frankly, it hurts to hear that but i don't know am i missing something that she sees that i don't or is this all coming from the fact that i wasn't her choice to be xo the only real person who can answer that is verity but i will say as 
aggravating as it can be when she doesn't like someone or sees flaws in someone that you are close to. Don't ever tell her I said this, but there is often some truth to be had there, some truth that it's difficult for us to see while we're still so close to that person. She can both be right in a sense and and wrong. I don't know. Is it the facts in question here that are the problem, or is it how you're both processing it? You're both feeling? Let me go ahead and uh, finish up this dish for you, and um, you can think about it a little bit more over dinner. Let's do that. Counselor doesn't get to be counseled very often. Hope you don't mind that I borrowed you. Well, my door, my door is open at any time, Commander. Now let's see how this tastes. I'm hoping we got it right this time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Endeavor Through the Maelstrom. If you like the show, rate, share, and subscribe through your podcast vendor of choice. You can also find us on Twitter as at Endeavor Show. That's E-N-D-E-A-V-O-U-R-S-H-O-W. And you can find me on Twitter at Blue of the Ken. You can find me online at Twelfth Night. That's one, two, T-H, and night with a K. You can find Brandon and me discovering the ways of the Force on Heroes of the Hydean Way, a Star Wars actual play podcast at thehydeanway.com or at thehydeanway on Twitter. And if you like Vikings and Norse mythology, check out another one of my shows, a Dungeons and Dragons 5e Midgard podcast, Omens Call, which can be found at Omens Call Pod on Twitter or at omenscall.com. Thanks for listening, y'all. You can find me on all the socials at Leah617. Usually I'm on Twitter, RT and stuff that makes me laugh. Come say hi there. You can also check out mischiefmedia.com for the other nerdy podcasts that I currently produce or uh, host. And you can find me, Brad, on Twitter at MacinEbedy1. That's M-A-C-H-I-N-E-B-E-D-E number one. My Twitter is at CompleteNictory. You can find other projects I'm involved in at completenight.com. That's C-O-M-P-L-E-T-E-K-N-I-G-H-T dot com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you out there.